Hello, I'm a rather snotty Howard, and welcome to the 9320 Friday Show. Uh, looking back, forwards and sideways at all things City and beyond, as always, in a week in which City once more booked a place at Wembley. Uh, delighted to be joined by the main man himself, Asan. Good morning, Asan. Morning. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I've uh, been better, to be honest. Bit bunged up. A bit, well... I think I'm in the final stage now, because I am bunged up, yeah, so. <laughs> Seems like going to your wedding killed me off <laughs> completely. Ah, you'll be all right. You'll be all right, don't you worry. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I as my voice keeps uh, going up and down and all over the place, this is a good opportunity for you to have, to vent to your spleen, uh, give your thoughts on all things City, or just be positive, or whatever you want to speak. And I... I remember you saying earlier in the week you'd, l- you'd love to talk about Jurgen Klopp's disdain for the FA Cup. Am I right in suggesting that? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, would you I like to take... To talk- I mean, I have my own thoughts, so I will compose myself. But first, would you like to talk uh, about, as an opening question, Jurgen Klopp replay against Shrewsbury, of course, after they blew a two-goal lead. He's not going to go to it. None of the players are going to go to it <laughs> under-23 team. Uh, very bizarre for this replay. Uh, what's your thoughts, you know, blinkers off on what he's done and how he's handled this? His reasoning, of course, being it's a winter break and they shouldn't be playing any games then. Mm. Well, so firstly, um, Jack and Sam pointed out that United 20 years ago, uh, Ferguson didn't turn up to a derby, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, wedding. Um, because he was at his son's wedding. And also that um, Ian Holloway once didn't turn up for uh, a Blackpool League Cup game um, because he was scouting a player. So Kloppo finds himself in pretty uh, pretty esteemed company there with uh, with Fergie and uh, and Holloway. Look, um, to to go back for those of you who aren't members of ninety three twenty player, I think both Sam and Jack agreed on the review that we did after the United game where we first brought it up that had Guardiola walked into a press conference and said, I'm personally not going to turn up and coach the team, regardless of the circumstances around that, there would have been outrage and uproar. So there is that side of it, which obviously bothers me a little bit. But to be honest, the the bigger thing for me is just, I just think it's an outrageous thing to say as a football manager who's paid a lot of money to coach, like Pep said the other day, we'll turn up when you want. You set the rules for the competitions. You don't tell us which team to pick. We'll turn up. We'll be there. You don't tell us which team to pick. I think Klopp saying that he himself won't go there, having already missed a competitive Carabao Cup game because he took a team to play in the Club World Cup. To do that twice in a season smacks of arrogance and it smacks of a kind of, I don't know, I guess arrogance is the only way to 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 put it because as a supporter, I think I want to be clear about something. If Pep Guardiola said this, I'd say exactly the same thing. Yeah. I'd say he's being arrogant, I'd say he's being out of order, I'd say he's paid to turn up and if he doesn't want to turn up, then... Why is he doing the job? 
Where's your professional pride? Where's your personal pride? Where's your respect for the players who will go there? Where's your respect for the opposition? Where's your respect for the competition? I mean, you know, you're, for me as a coach, when you pick a team, you pick a team based on the, based on your own priorities and as much as we can get into, ooh, that was a disrespectful selection. Like Pep says, he's got to look after the well-being of his own players. But the whole entire point is that you're the manager. Like, you're the guy who goes there and makes those decisions and does those things. If you go, I'm not going either, what is that? Like, I'm, it's, it's been a week where there's been stories in the newspaper or non-stories in the newspaper that have really shocked me um and this clock one was the was really the first one where i just kind of went how is this not a huge how how is somebody not writing to liverpool and going you know what your manager can't say that everybody was aware that if you found yourself in a replay situation that you would have to play in that week it was agreed everybody agreed it previously so if you've agreed it previously and you pick a shit team to play against Shrewsbury and you blow a two-goal lead you can't then just turn around and go well I'm not turning up like no I'm sorry just no there's a lot of things that Klopp is a fantastic football manager and Klopp deserves all the praise that he will get for the 12 months that Liverpool have just had but this is a very piss poor thing for him to say and do and he should by rights he should be hauled over the coals for it and the fact that he isn't just shows how protected this Liverpool football club currently are that's my rant on it took me three or four minutes but there you go Howard I enjoyed it and I I agree with every word I find I say it's surprising what baffles me but maybe it's not surprising or baffling at all is the the lack of you know outcry or disagreement from Liverpool fans themselves. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> it, it's worked away that him focusing on two specific tournaments, you know, the two biggest ones, is will come to fruition. But with a sixteen-point lead and the Champions League a, a month away, he didn't have to play a week inside. He had an opportunity here. We've had a discussion before about greatness and winning everything. Uh, we don't need to go over that ground. But why on earth, as a Liverpool fan, would you just meekly accept everything that your manager does just because he's successful? I would hate to be that person with Pep Guardiola, and I think we've shown that this week that you know we don't. You know he can quite easily do things that annoy us because he's a human being and he's a manager, and there will every club's every football fan's club manager however good they are will do things that will annoy you and that you think they're wrong and they are allowed to be criticised especially when on such huge money to make such decisions and they're open to that criticism I just find it astonishing that they just meekly accept this sort of disdain for England's domestic cup competitions I mean does the FA Cup not mean anything to Liverpool fans does they not want to go to Wembley no, yeah, we've talked about the League Cup a million times, but winning it four times and the experiences that's given. And we're going, what, how many times now to Wembley? It's just, you know, way into double figures. I just find it astonishing that there's no outcry from maybe I'm living in that Twitter bubble again, that social media bubble. Maybe there is criticism elsewhere, but I've seen precious little of it. And that's what, you know, staggers me the most, that he can literally do whatever he wants now. 
and it's just accepted. Mm, I think there's an element of uh, uh, that the, the, if you kind of you know if you put yourself in at the Liverpool Liverpool bubble, the thing that has surprised me the most about the lack of an outcry is how far ahead they are in the league. It's a little bit like, do you are you really that insecure about your Premier League and Champions League campaigns that being 17 points ahead or however many points ahead they are now, you still are afraid that your collection of players could screw it up because that could be the only, you, you know, yeah, you're, an, you're, a next, you're a next level spineless coach if you have a lead of that level, have the team that have performed in the manner in which they performed in the last 12 months to be the current holders of the European Cup, but don't have the balls to pick a real team against Shrewsbury because, you know, you, it's just, it's, it's mad. It's really, it's a, it's a mad thing and it's mad for Liverpool fans to applaud him for it. But then, you know. And it's, it's disdain for fans who I think pretty sure Liverpool have a cup scheme like we do. So if you sign up for it before the season and your team is drawn at home, then you will be allocated a ticket and money will be taken out. So if you're on that cup scheme, you have no choice but to buy a ticket for that game, you know, in the same way mm. as City fans do. Now, you can put the price down to 15 quid all you want, but the fact is you're still having to pay an extra money to watch an under-23 side play in an FA Cup tie well? when there's absolutely no need for that to happen. Mm. And you, you even managers can't even be asked turning up, but you have to. And the utter disdain for the fan base to do that. And for the under-23 players themselves, if we even if we agree that it's okay to play them, what would it have meant to them to be coached by Klopp for a game? I know he says it's not his side, but it is his side because he's decided to play them for a senior cup game. So it is his side and him not turning up is pretty sad for those players who would have been an amazing experience for them. Yep. I completely agree. I completely agree. It's just, uh, yeah, I think we've, I think we've made it clear our, uh, our disdain for, uh, for this decision. I reckon, I reckon we can push this forward now. Yeah. As I say, I just, if I was a Liverpool fan, I would hope, having won the league, having won the Champions League, that his attitude changes considerably next season. But we will see. I have a feeling it may not do whatsoever. And that's pretty pathetic, to be honest. So, right. Let's look back then. Uh, I've not commented on the United match and I tweeted after the match thoughts that I now don't fully agree with. <laughs> I don't tend to tweet after matches, so I kind of learnt my lesson there. Uh, I think it's better to, to wait till the dust has settled. How Now it has settled. How good or bad do you think that performance was? Is the loss on the players for you more than Pep? We didn't lose. That's the first thing. Oh, we did. I think that we did lose. Well, it's a, it's it's a it's a two legged tie. Yeah. So losing losing a leg, but winning the overall tie for me, I'm 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 not entirely sure why any pedant would want to go on about. Well, you lost. It just doesn't mean a thing. Where we won because we're through. So only the winner goes through. The loser goes home. United lost and they go home. So you know the result on the night. It kind of it's not that important um i i think that my i've kind of changed slightly in that it was it was good to have a conversation with sam and with jack uh the morning after the game um i felt and i still feel that we 
How do I say this? I've often felt that we judge results rather than performances. I've said this a lot this season. Um, and I felt that that was a case of what went down on Wednesday night because I think a lot of people were um, apoplectic with rage at the final whistle. And I didn't really understand why because ultimately I don't think that it's one thing to have a tough game where you create next to nothing and you lose to one shot on target. Those those games, you kind of go, that's not good enough, lads. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah. you, you have to create more. When you've got lads going through one-on-one, not putting it in the back of the net, when you've got lads being passed to the ball by the opposition five yards out, which the goalkeeper to beat, and passing it backwards from there, I'm not entirely sure what Pep can do, what the coaches can do, what the crowd can do, what anybody can do about that. That's just, you know, the 11 lads on the pitch need to do their thing. And I think that what De Bruyne's, if anybody's not seen De Bruyne's comments after the game, I think they're absolutely spot on. I think that that collection of players need to slap themselves really hard in the face and ask themselves how they can lack the concentration in key moments in a derby game because that's really what it comes down to De Bruyne's anger is because Kevin De Bruyne is a Man City fan now and Kevin De Bruyne knows what it means to slap the rags and he knows that we lost to them a month ago so he knows that there will be a feeling at that final whistle which there was of anger and upset and disappointment even though we were through to the final um so it's kind of a weird game to to unpick yeah. in that sense. What what I, what I'm interested in from your point of view is where you think the line is between form and class with a lot of these players because we are really talking about I think it was somebody tweeted in the immediate aftermath of the game that he couldn't believe that a group of players that had got 198 points in the previous two seasons were being spoken about in the way that they were being spoken about in the immediate aftermath of the game. And I felt like that as well because, you know, I felt there was a little too... Certain people were a little too quick to get on Sterling's back. It's like, lads, calm down. Do you know what I mean? You Three and a half, four years ago when Raheem Sterling joined the club... I, I was at the Etihad and I heard some of the shit that was thrown at him. And most of you lot had to wash your mouths out with soap and water after uh, after Sterling stood up, uh, faced, talked about the racism he's faced and stood up to the racism that he's faced. Um, so you all, know, and you all defended him when the media made, it, made a, a scapegoat of him and a target of him for no reason. But let's not fall into that, you know, a player who has delivered what he's delivered in the last two and a half years is entitled to eight weeks of shit form without anybody saying anything, in my opinion. Like, take him out of your fantasy teams if it's breaking your heart that much and go and sign somebody else. But in terms of slagging him off the way that I've seen him be slagged off, you all can get in the bin. It's not acceptable for me. So what I'm interested in, now that that little rant is over, Howard, is wh- where you're drawing the line between form and class when you're looking at these players that have done so much. When you look at a performance like the Wednesday night performance, what did you like about it and what didn't you like about it? And draw that line for me about class and form. I don't, well, firstly, uh, 
you know, well, we can't expect nothing to be said about Raheem Sterling, one of our highest, you know, profile players, being in bad form for a long time. But, of course, people have to go too far. You know, <laughs> simply saying he's out of form is just a fact. Uh, he is. But that's where it ends. That's where it ends. Exactly. There's nothing more to be said than that. Yeah, you can say, I don't think he should be picked. But, you know, people go way, way, way further than that. And it's, what what can you say about, you know, online <laughs> forums? What What is left to say about people? Yeah, often behind made-up names anonymously. You know, I don't, really, I don't want to talk about people like that anymore, to be honest. Mm. Uh, it's, the only discussion is, you know, do we, you know, tactically, do you, you know, does he need time on the bench, blah, blah, blah. You do, no need to go any further than that. The discussion is a human being. He's not deliberately missing... Chances, it is what it is. It's a footballer who's not at the top of his game right now. Uh, that's where it ends. Form, this is the Carabao Cup. I've, 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 I've stepped back. It's the Carabao Cup and I don't think form matters. And I don't, I was angry after full time at the, you know, the formation. Then someone said, well, he did some crazy formation, strikeless thing in the first leg. You know, and it worked amazingly. We just, you know, it's the most dominant 45 minutes in a derby we've probably ever seen. And it's like, and then Kevin De Bruyne said afterwards, or someone did, oh, we only spent 15 minutes on it. And I think that's key here. This is the Carabao Cup. It might be a derby, but I would hope all these left field formations and one central defender is just Pep treating the competition at the level it is, uh, not throwing it away or trying to lose or anything, but being a bit riskier, trying new things, because even though it is United, it is still a Carabao Cup and he thinks he can do this and win anyway. I won't want him to see him doing things like this in the Champions League because I'm still not convinced it worked on Wednesday. I think we had chances. Or, I say, I think we had chances because the opposition was bang average and didn't do anything special whatsoever. Uh, but that's, you know, it's done. It, uh, as you say, Pep could do nothing about David Silva deciding not to shoot from five yards, which is... And, Mares not having a good game. I don't think it's that relevant. Or Kevin, you know, I the reason I don't think this formation. I'm going off on a tangent. Work, you know, tangent here worked is because I think key players were off form who would be on form in other weeks. And Mares has been great, but he wasn't in this game, and it all went Sterling's way. I just don't want to take too form wise. Don't want to take too many too many conclusions from this. Uh, the class is obviously there from this team, and. They still win the vast majority of their games, even though we've had what is a troublesome season. And I think when they don't function fully, I think it often is through tactical changes, not from teams being out of form. I really do. I don't think, I don't think there's players that are, Ryan Sterling is the obvious example, but I don't think there are many players you can say specifically they are out of form. I just still am old school. And think that a bit of stability in team selection and tactics would go a long way with these players. Mm, I disagree with you. And, and the reason that I do is just because I feel as though actually um, the consistency of tactics and formation at the start of the season was part of the problem. Um, I felt as though teams knew what we were going to do uh, and they defended against it quite well. And I felt that the players themselves looked a little bored, for want of a better word, because 
They've been repeating the same patterns of play in the same positions for nearly three years. And I think that when Pep began to change formations, when we went to the three at the back, when we began to change shapes for different games um, in the last two months, I feel as though it helped us to recover some of our better form and, and, and to play with a little bit more of the joie de vivre, for want of a better phrase, that, you know, we, we are known for at our very best. So I don't really think, for me, I don't think that the shape, changing shapes per se, uh, or changing formations is an issue. Um, I also think it's a bit harsh when you say, well, it didn't work because, you know, uh, Mares was poor or Sterling was poor. I think that a, a tactical system can only get you so far. Guardiola can't make a tactical system put the ball in the back of the net and he can't devise a tactical system whereby a worldie from Matic from a set piece which fires off the post into the bottom corner doesn't happen. Um, so I do, I, I feel Pep's had too much criticism this week, uh, both in terms of the way that the players performed and, and his own, his own tactics. Uh, I think that there's there's obviously a conversation to be had about profligacy. I think ultimately mm. you just can't miss chances like that. And I think that it's something that I said on the review, and I'll say it again today, that for me, forget about being a championship team. If you want to be a, a top half Premier League team, you don't get chances like that in the Premier League. And if you get chances like that, you simply have to take them. And, you know... The conversation that will be being had behind the scenes will be, you'll get paid a lot of money because you're the cream of the crop. And part of that means that you have to be killer in boxes. And they've not been killer in boxes and they weren't killer in boxes on on Wednesday. Um, the good thing for me, we have a big game against Spurs on Sunday. And I think sometimes you need that to bounce back. Um, and in terms of performance, I would like to think that we'll see a more clinical edge on Sunday. Yeah. I, I, you make some valid points there. He needed to change the system, but he doesn't then keep needing to change it. Uh, look, I'll step back and say, at the end of the day, we went into this with a two-goal lead, and United barely tripled our goal. Uh, now, you can say, well, we lost, but from 80 minutes on, there was little need for City to get back into the game. And as a fan, I was of the same opinion. Once you hit 80 minutes, it's like, do not mess this up now. Do not concede a second goal. It's about it's about qualifying for Wembley. That's the important thing. Once you get to that last 15 totally. or 10 minutes, if it had been a league game, if it was a must-win game, the attitude would have been very different and the approach totally. would have been different. So we cannot say we would have lost this game if in a one-off game. We may have done, but it was... Very, it's a two leg. It's the second leg of a two leg tie where we're two up. So it's psychology. You know, psychology of it's different, and the approach is different. Mm. Are I you uh, annoyed just... about this subs by any chance? It's a conversation that I didn't really have on the review, but I've seen a lot of people. I've had a conversation in my WhatsApp with uh, with Danny and with Stefan, where I think Danny was pretty annoyed by those substitutions bearing in mind that had United scored um, it would have gone to penalties do you think that's a little bit of do you think maybe when some when you when you have a a, a match like that and a result like that that you you tend to 
because it's a derby and because it's nervy, you tend to get annoyed about shit that if it was a different kind of game or a different opposition, you'd have been fine with those subs. Yeah, well, it's too much. No, I agree. They shouldn't be taking off late on in the game, at least. You know, if 65 minutes on the clock, he's got to make the subs that he feels is right for that game. Uh, you're not thinking ahead of, oh, what if they get a second? What if we go to penalties? Once you get into late, late in the game, though, it's absolutely ludicrous to be taking off penalty takers. I mean, there is absolutely no need to make a 90th minute substitution anyway. It doesn't waste time. It annoys the hell out of me. Sergio Aguero wandering off slowly is not waste running the clock down because the referee is going to add that time and more on probably just to spite him. Mm. They're just utterly pointless making these late substitutions. I hate it. It's a pet hate of mine. And it is stupid to take off penalty takers in the 90th minute when one goal could mean you're in a shootout. I absolutely agree. I mean, at the time... I'm too wrapped up in just seeing the full-time whistle till it annoyed me at the time. But after the event, yeah. I mean, he's so, so particular, Pep Guardiola, to the point of what people will, you know, they monitor what they eat three days before a match. That to do something like this is pretty weird for me because he was only doing it surely to kill the game and waste time. And it just seems an unnecessary risk to take. And you, mm. have, you can only judge it on the game, it's you know, on the competition and the scenario. So, mm. I mean, I don't like these substitutions anyway. I think it, trying to kill the rhythm doesn't work for me. Do you think that there's, uh, it's a bit of a loaded question and a hand grenade I'm throwing at you. Um, I, I've seen a few people say that Guardiola struggles to manage two-legged ties. Guardi- Guardiola's teams struggle to manage two-legged ties. Um I guess that they're drawing the parallel with his travails in the Champions League. Um, do you think this, do you think there's something in that? Or do you think that it's just a little bit of, what's the phrase? Co- uh, correlation doesn't always mean causation or something like yeah. that. Like, do you, do you, do you think there's some, do you think there's actually something in this? Or are those all just individual games and it's just a bit of over analysis that people like to do because it's pep? Yes. Yeah, bollocks to me. <laughs> well no it's well if you're going to go down the scientific route it's sample size you can't it doesn't have two legged ties in the FA Cup uh, he hasn't lost <laughs> we haven't lost uh, you know well actually this is the first Carabao Cup tie we've lost in three and a half years probably and it was United last time but we're through anyway uh, so essentially you can't say he struggles with two-legged ties when you're effectively talking about one competition. So what they're really saying, if you want to have the discussion, he he struggles with the knockout stage of the Champions League, then fair enough. That's the question to ask. Mm. If maybe you say, because it's two-legged, well, maybe it is. It's, but it's so specific to one tournament that you can't really, you know, take it out to a Carabao Cup, which is just such a different competition and just not as important. So... Yeah, there's a there's an argument to be had about obviously the Champions League because it's been a while since he's won it. But it does, I don't know. We'd have to be a much longer. I'd have to give it a lot more thought to say is it about two legs? It is an element, but of course there are other arguments about him overthinking. And at the end of the day, we've gone out on away goals, and there's other factors, and there's missed penalties, and you know it's not about Pep as we saw the case United. 
sometimes it's down to the players as well. It's not just about how you know the teams he puts out or how he approaches them. Mm. Do you think? Fair enough. Better? What do you think? Hang mm. on, I'm hosting this podcast. Yeah, go ahead. You can go back to hosting. <laughs> so I'm that. asking you. Okay. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I'm. I, I think Pep is Pep, and part of the madness of Pep is that I think that on match days, um, he's he can't control his emotions. He's been open and honest about that, and I think that an emotional manager is both a good thing and a bad thing, but. I wouldn't swap Pep for anybody else in the world. So on that basis, like I'm okay with it. You know, I think that the two legged tie thing in the champions league, we'll see, you know, I I think that he can't to to go back to the Spurs game last season. Nobody can, nobody can plan for what Laporte did and nobody would ever have expected that player to do that. And, Champions League games turn on moments like that. Nobody expected Aguero to miss a penalty at Spurs. You, you see the point that I'm making? Yeah, that, yeah. Like, of course, in general, you can extrapolate Guardiola's record in knockouts of Champions League since he left Barcelona. Ain't great. But at the same time, you can flip that on its head and go, well, if you analyze all of those games individually... In a lot of those games, shit happened. Now, you can argue that shit happened because of a Pep's tactical system, but I don't think that Laporte makes that mistake because of the tactical system. And I don't think that Aguero misses a penalty because of the tactical system. I don't think that we have a perfectly legitimate goal ruled out against Liverpool because of a tactical system, or we, you know, have a absolute nailed on penalty or two not given against Liverpool the year before. That kind of stuff has got nothing to do with the tactics. I think that's why Pep is so... Why he's so uh, hard on the players sometimes in terms of levels of performance and even when they play well, kind of criticizing, they need to be better. I think it's because it's that realization that, you know, in the Champions League, fundamentally, you don't get a second chance in the knockouts. So you need to bring your absolute A game. And I always, this thing that Pep always says about, you know, the real greats, they do it when it matters. If you want to be, if you want to go down in history as a footballer, you do it when it matters. Um, and the Champions League is part of that. You do it in the biggest games. So yeah, I mean, I just it's not a pep thing for me. Yeah, I think if if you're looking at his, you know, how he handles two legs and wants to say there is an issue there, then it, I think it is the away games that are the issue. Because uh, irrelevant of getting a penalty against Spurs for handball, which was yeah. It was a handball, but it's yeah one of those things. Pretty soft. You can't you can't really plan for that sort of thing. And neither could Spurs. He was quite cautious in that, and the lack of you know. And then when we concede at the end, the lack of an away goal proves crucial. And you know, we look at previous you know just over the years away to Monaco and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, just going back years, not often our away leg is the issue rather than the home leg, but. And you know Liverpool away. It's just one of those freak things that just, as you say, it's not all down to Pep, is it? So, exactly. it, yeah. Circumstances, uh, yeah. It makes you look, it makes you look a bit blinkered if you start going. Well, we've had bad luck as well, but they have in a way. We've shot ourselves in the foot. We've met players have made mistakes, and Pep's made tactical errors as well. 
But there's mm. no there's no denying things have gone against us big time in key moments in Champions League matches. They just have. And it's Definitely. a mix, just, mixture of all those things, in a way, that have contributed. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I just... I, I think there's an over-analysis of Pep Guardiola in general. Um, we do it. The media do it. Opposition supporters do it. Everybody does it. Because Pep is the messy of coaches. And maybe he's not acknowledged as that in England because of the fact that he's in England and the press don't like him very much and opposition supporters don't like him very much. But fundamentally, that's what he is. And, you know, any dip that his team has, any mistake his teams make, any game his teams lose will be analysed in a way that no other coach's team losing or having a dip in form will be analysed in that manner, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, right, we'll move on then. Happy to get Villa over Leicester, or does it not make much difference to you? Um, I'm I w- actually I, w- I was I would have taken either because I think that there would have been different challenges. I think you know uh, maybe I'm a little bit scarred by the the um, awful press that we got after the uh, FA Cup final last summer. But part of me was like, let's have Leicester because it'll be like you know. I reckon Rodgers will make that a proper competitive game. Do you know what I mean? Um, But then at the same time, as soon as I thought that, part of me went, that's really harsh on Villa. They have some decent players and it's a cup final. And I don't expect that they will be the dog shit that Watford were um, in the Mm. FA Cup final. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy with either or. Yeah, I would not expect a a walkover. And we have to accept... Yeah, with that, <laughs> not accepting a, expecting a walkover in mind. We have to accept, obviously, that Bravo's in net for the final, as Pep's already stated. Disgraceful, really. Yeah. Um, I, the one, I, I don't like to criticise Pep Guardiola, but his decision to use Bravo in the cup competitions uh, is just an unacceptable decision for me. He's a garbage goalkeeper. Uh, it's just it's no and I also think that had a player shown such utter turgid form for Barcelona in a position like that Guardiola's never picking him yeah Um, maybe it's because Pep signed him maybe it's because when he signed him he said to him that he'd be first choice so he feels he owes him something but no Pep's job should be to pick the best possible team to win any game of football. And whenever you start picking Claudio Bravo, you're basically saying, I'm not picking my best team. And I don't want him to be doing favours to players in cup finals. Is it not an argument going back in time? City have always done this, previous managers, Pellegrini, Mancini, I think. Uh, It's not let us down yet, but it it is the Carabao Cup, the League Cup. Is there an argument that managers have to do this for second-choice cho- second keepers? They have Absolutely. To. Absolutely. That's why they're managers. That's why I'm a supporter. Their job is to manage the squad. My job is to just have unrealistic expectations. <laughs> and my unrealistic expectation is that Bravo can get you all the way to the final, but you still don't play him in the final. Um, it's obviously not going to happen. I don't think, you know, I Bravo's won us a cup final. You see what I'm saying, Howard? It's not... Yeah. It is what it is. It's just, for me, it's more of a, a general thing that I don't think that, I think that Bravo's, Bravo is 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 so abjectly bad that he shouldn't be picked. You understand? You see the point that I'm making? That he's not just a regular reserve keeper. Because I'd take, I'd take Pantillamon over him all day long. 
in a one-off game, just not having Bravo. I assume, you know, we said at the beginning of the season, you're in the, the run the whole way. So he's made that promise to him. And that's really what he shouldn't do. You just say, well, mm. you're going to get some cup games. But, you know, I, I may, I may, you know, make a choose first choice later in the season if you're, you know, if you are the second choice still. I, the thing is, he's going. So, so I don't mind him stabbing him in the back now. You don't, don't need to show him loyalty. I agree with you. He just doesn't need to play him now. So it's a cup final. You play your best side. Uh, so I think we're on the same page there. Sadly, he's not going to. So, you know, short of him getting injured, <laughs> uh, he'll be starting the game. So what can you do? What can you do? And in a way, that's why I'm more glad. I'm not, you know, don't, I say I don't think we're going to walk all over Villa, but it helps to get them over Leicester if we know we're going to have Bravo in that. Simple as that. So, yeah. Right, should we move on? Yeah. We always look at another match, and the early kickoff on Saturday is Leicester City against Chelsea. Uh, Leicester, who we've just discussed, somehow lost to Villa. Didn't take their chances, so we know all about that. Uh, do you think Roger's stock has fallen in recent times after indifferent form, or was he just ahead of the curve and it's a bit unfair to be having a go at him now because they've slightly fallen off? Yeah, I mean, that's just harsh, isn't it? Uh, it's, you know, I don't think that... I think if you'd have said uh, at the end of pre-season, Leicester are going to comfortably in the top, be in the top four, everybody would have gone, no chance. So, yeah, or they wouldn't have gone, no chance, but they'd have gone, yeah, I don't know. So the fact that they are there, I mean, he's done a great job. You just you can't you can't criticize him. And there were all there was always going to be a little bit of a dip. I don't think they have the depth that um, we have, for example. So no, I mean it's just it's just harsh that, mate. Yeah. Are you pleased to see Ian Acho getting some game time at Leicester? Or do you think he's yeah, going to very make much it? so. I, I, I mean, I stand by the fact that it's one of our greatest bits of business selling him. Because I think he's fine, but he's never going to be... He was never going to be a City first-teamer. He's a goal scorer, but a bit deficient in other areas. And I think it was a good deal for all sides, in a way. But I Completely do, I do wish the best for him, just not completely at City's agree. expense. So. Yeah. No, no, I, com- I completely agree. I uh, I'm. Uh, I think that I was a bit worried when... Um, when Rogers came in, that maybe Rogers wouldn't use him, but actually, mm. uh, I like the way Rogers is using him because I think that Rogers sees in Ian Acho a grounding, a basic technical football grounding that he can really use, um, and he's using it to to decent effect so far. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 very pleased with that. Yeah, uh, Lampard though, this is quite interesting that he's got. F- they're six points clear of fifth place in the league, who are United. And the only reason they are six points clear of fifth place in the league is because, well, you know, just look at the teams below. Uh, they're not hardly consistent or doing the business. But Chelsea themselves have got 14 league points from the last 12 league games. Now we're well into the season. What's your thoughts on... Is it a jury out on him until he gets... Obviously, the transfer ban's gone, but it's the January transfer window, so probably not easy for him to get business done. I think they are going after trying to get some players in. Is it Mertens that Chelsea are linked with? Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
though obviously we're running out of time as we speak. Uh, so it'll be judged more by a summer window, I think. What, what do you think? Is it is basically a, is it still the case that you judge him in the second season rather than his first one? They've been wildly inconsistent. They have some of the same problems as City, isn't that? He struggled to break down deep-lying teams at home. Uh, so at home, the form has been problematic. Probably doing better away from Stamford Bridge. Uh, what's your thoughts on how is, is it the same? Is it the same as before, essentially? Or do you think he's beginning to struggle? Well, I mean, again, I think that, you know, Chelsea's squad has got some deficiencies. I think that Lampard overall has done a really good job. Um, I, I I actually think that he's been a little bit let down in January. I expected mm. them to make a couple of big moves in January um, because of how well he's done. I'm really surprised that they haven't done anything. I still wouldn't be shocked if they do something in the last few hours of the window because they are in a position where they're six points clear of fifth, but six points is two games. Yeah. And you see what I mean? That like there isn't enough splitting United and Chelsea right now for me to go, well, Chelsea are definitely finishing fourth and Chelsea shouldn't be that complacent and finishing fourth will be really big for them just as it'll be really big for United. So bearing all that in mind, I'm surprised that they've uh, they've not given him a few more tools. I think it'll be a cracking game. I really do. I think it's uh, uh, it, it's a, it's a split between this and Spurs City is for the game of the weekend for me. Yeah. I think they'll both be for different reasons, really cracking games. I imagine Chelsea Leicester is going to be a basketball game that is going to be very, very, very open. Yeah, well, the last four meetings. I don't want to uh, dampen your enthusiasm. Uh, the last four meetings have produced three goals, but very different managers. Yeah, exactly. That is very different. What managers. happened a year ago is literally. Neither here exactly. nor there. Exactly. Uh, so you see a lot of goals in this. How do you see the game going then? Just a very close match. I think Leicester win this. Yeah. Yep. I think Leicester win Just, this by the odd goal. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't think they're in a slump as such. I think the results might have tailed off, and they'll be desperately. Desperately disappointed not to have got to to Wembley. Uh, so it's how they react to that in a way. I think. Definitely. Uh, I don't think over the two legs they really deserve to lose out, but you know that's cup football in a way. Uh, it is what it is. So their reaction—they're fourteen points ahead of fifth. So again, like City, they—they're pretty much they take some slump really and some form from you, likes United or Spurs, for them to lose that. So definitely, uh, they're pretty safe, and yeah, be good to see. I think they've deserved it. So uh, the only other. The late game on Saturday is uh, United at home to Wolves. Uh, don't normally mention two, but I think that could, in theory, be very interesting as well. Uh, United wrong to be favourites for that one, do you think? Home to Villa? No, Wolves. Sorry, home to Wolves. Um, no, they should still be favourites. Yeah. Why, you think differently? Yeah, I just think Wolves... This- be very dangerous. I don't know. I guess it's yeah. I, it's understandable that the bookies would make United the home side favourites, but I just I would never bet on them winning that game. To be honest. Fair enough. I mean, I just I, I guess for I guess for me the thing is that I, I almost feel a little bit like well, look, Solskjaer's a laughing stock, right? Lampard is considered to be the hot young 
British coach. Six points separate them. It's you you see the point that I'm making that like I just I, I think that as much as United are very, very bad in moments, as much as Wolves are a very difficult team, I almost expect that I expect that United will beat Wolves. And I also expect, and this is going to be a big prediction and I'm probably going to get laughed at in May, but hey, I like to be laughed at. I think that they'll have a better second half to the season than the first half that they've had. Uh I think there'll be a a, a slight incremental improvement. I shall note that down to the timing (laughs) in the recording. Should we need it? Let's hope you're horribly wrong anyway. I don't, yeah. I mean, this could get another game that could go anyway. I just have a feeling Wolves might pick United off here in front of goal, but we will Mm. see. Right, let's finish off with the big match of the weekend. Sunday afternoon, it's Spurs. Uh, I've put a weird comment in the notes. Is this the least important big game for many a year? I only, you say it's a, you said earlier in this, you know, podcast, it's a, a huge game, but is it, I only say because of the meaningless of the, well, the title race and the fact that City are guaranteed pretty much to finish second or third in the league. So do you still, does it still feel like a huge game for you this weekend? Guardiola against Jose Mourinho. Yeah. I mean, but really, just, is that not just a tedious no, narrative that the media no, wants to? No, no, those, those two, I mean, it's, it's a clash of ethos. It's, you know, it literally is. Luke Skywalker against Darth Vader. What are you on about, man? It's it's. Hang on, which one's which? Yeah, well, I'll let I'll, I'll let the audience decide that. But no, I mean, I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to it because I think that, um, you know, it'll be a really competitive game. I think that you know Pep won't want to lose to Mourinho. Mourinho won't want to lose to Pep, and that means that they'll both bring their A game. It's kind of a derby, lad. Really, that's the way I look at it because it's Pep and it's Mourinho. For the two men, it'll be a sort, it'll be a kind of derby. Both will prepare their teams with an extra level of intensity. Right. So is Jose going to tactically beast Pep? Um, well, <laughs> uh, let me, let me turn that question around to you. Uh, I, I see that you've put in the notes that Spurs under Mourinho have got two clean sheets in 12. Yeah. So, um, how does Pep approach this, bearing in mind that we're away? Yeah, do we see a, you know, do we see an all-out attack, or oh. do go on? No, I think we said earlier this week on the podcast. There's no such thing with Pep is about all-out attack. I think the only issue is intensity. Yeah. Mm. So really, he's not. You know, he doesn't play like eight. They play four wide players, and you know, I say there's no all that attack. He played one defender during the week. Uh, he's never lost away to Mourinho in a league game as well. But again, you know, does past records really mean anything? Uh, again, I don't think it's about is it all that attack. I just think it's the intensity of the players. Uh, clearly, they're not solid at the back, and it's about profligacy and taking chances again. I think we will create plenty of chances. Whichever formation he goes with, the yeah, the real issues is if he goes three at the back or if he goes four at the back. But again, with Pep, the problem is the formation is fluid and changes when they're on or off the ball. So it's it's kind of like so many different variations. That how could we possibly predict 
you know, what lineup he's going to put out there. And even when we see the team sheets, we still don't know a lot of the time. So, I mean, do you have an idea of what sort of team or how he will approach this? Well, I think that the, you always begin with the um, with the structural players in Pep's team. So the structural players currently, that'll be Edison, that'll be Fernandinho, um, that'll be Kevin De Bruyne, that'll be Rodri, uh, that'll be Raheem Sterling, that'll be Sergio Aguero. And then you begin to build in around that and you go, well, you know, I expect, my opinion, the team will be a, I think we might, we'll see a three at the back again. Um, And I think that it will be Ferner and, right, I'm just putting it out there that it's going to be Ferner and John Stones. Yeah. And I think that Rodri kind of drops in and makes the the third, uh, the third, uh, centre back, and then you've got De Bruyne and Bernardo, um, and then you've got Sterling, Mares, and Aguero, and the full backs. I can't. I just don't know. So um, much disagreement, what? bizarrely, on how well Cancelo played during the week. What are your totally. views? I I just think that Cancelo is a better footballer than Kyle Walker, and. I've come to the conclusion that I would like to see Cancelo be given between now and the end of the season to make right back fully his. He's just kind of key to my argument about changing formations. Like I just, it was all new again. You know, everything that against United was new, and I just don't like to judge players when they, you know, again in the debut season being asked to do something new and different, and just to give him some. A bit of freedom. Yeah, a bit of time, basically, and patience. Uh, when he's, he's probably in formations he's never played in his life before. Mm. Is that fair enough to say? He's played left-back before. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's still just that... The setup of that side is probably something he's not experienced before. No, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's a moment in the in the first half which I thought was really telling of... <laughs> it said a lot about Pep... And what he expects that because of whatever in the midfield, Cancelo makes a run and finds himself on the right wing, yeah. right? So he gives the ball, think it's to Mares, and Mares points as if to say, go on, make that run, o- other side of the fullback. Yeah. And Cancelo literally puts his, puts his hands up and shrugs his shoulders as if to say, well, I'm not doing that because I'm not allowed to do that. That's not my job. And then turns around and slowly begins to jog back towards left back. And I think that, you know, for me, it was, it, it was a, a crystallizing moment of the pressure of playing for Pep Guardiola. And it's something that Thierry, I remember Thierry Henry vividly talking about when he talked about playing under Pep and one time that he drifted and he scored a big goal in a game uh, to break the deadlock at half time. And so he comes in at half time expecting to be praised by Pep (laughs) and Guardiola absolutely goes through him for being in the position that he was in to score the goal because he had no right to be there. He's not allowed to be there. That wasn't his job. And in the positional play system, you respect your job and you respect where you are meant to be on the pitch in the build-up and in different phases. So... I think that, you know, Cancelo's learning and I like him. I like him a lot. I'm, you know, and I, and I, and I loved Kyle Walker for a long time, but it shows when it comes to Manchester City, my love is fickle when it comes to players. I'm, 
You know, I'm loyal to nobody but the guy who's best in the shirt as far as I'm concerned. And if I think Cancelo is best in the shirt right now, then Cancelo is the guy I want to see. Well, do you not think Walker played well on against United or again? Here's the thing, right? Is it relevant again? He, 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 he did okay. But here's the thing. I've seen what Cancelo offers in the final third. And for me, I'm like, well, I want that. We're an attacking team. We're not a defending team. Yeah. I appreciate all of Kyle Walker's incredible characteristics and defensively all of the things that he brings. And I completely understand why if you're going to play a weird back three with one centre-back in Nicolas Otamendi and Walker one side and Cancelo the other, Walker's got to play. But I think that if you're going to play a back three against Spurs and you're going to have Ferner, you're going to have Stones, you're going to have Rodri in there, mate, play Cancelo. He'll rip it up. Do you know what I mean? I I don't think that... uh, Yeah, that's what I would do. That's my vibe. Uh, Any... Concerns, anxiety over Laporte. To you know, the the news coming out is nothing to be too concerned about. Uh, fatigue, but it is a whole week since that Sheffield United game, and he's not doesn't seem fit to play. Uh, just City being cautious. So again, we've not had. We've not, you know, I was. We've not had the press reports. conference today yet. So, so if people listening to this, you'll might know a lot more than us about this. So we are. Guessing before that press conference, uh, but you know it has been said already. He's a doubt. He's unlikely to start against Spurs either. Are you are you okay with it, or are you a bit worried? No, I'm absolutely okay with it. I, I think that a, a few people have have questioned the wisdom of of playing against Sheffield United and playing for how long he played for. But I don't really know how you can test an E without putting it into a match environment. Yeah. Um, and I and I expect that they won't they they don't throw him in against Sheffield unless all the medical staff have gone. He's ready to play in a game like this. And they did say yeah. that, yeah, yeah. And the fact that you know he took the the challenge that he did off Besic and and rode it and then got up and played the rest of the game. And I don't know, it's just a really really physical game. And I can completely understand why if there has been a little bit of ow couple of days later you know what my knee's a bit sore then I'm completely fine with them going right you're going to rest for two weeks now yeah. it's basically a case of managing Laporte and Mendy until the Real Madrid tie that's yeah. my vibe and it might not be the knee anyway it might just be muscles that are exactly fatigued uh, so how fine we'll, we'll wrap this up soon how, how do you see this game playing out then cautious or a very open game hmm I don't know I'm 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 tempted to say that I expect it to be similar to the Etihad game after the Champions League game that we went out of. You remember the game that Foden wins in the first or second minute and then we dominate without scoring another goal, but they don't really lay a glove on us. Um, I don't know. They had a few first half chances. That's true, they did. That's an unfair thing for me to say. A nervous day, that was. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think it'll be, to be honest, I think it'll be a little bit like that. I think without Harry Kane... Um, with Son up top, they're a little bit of a different prospect. The lad Stephen Bergwin that they've signed is a uh, football manager legend, but I don't know how how good he really is in the real world. So if I, I know that he will be cleared to play, so be interesting to see if he gets in the team and how he does. But you know, in in the main, I do expect City to nick it. I do expect it to be a tight game because it's Pep against Mourinho, and it'll be intense, and both teams will be bang up for it. Yeah, and well, Mourinho at Spurs. Are you 
has anything changed your opinion that he'll be a success? I mean, I can't remember what you said last time, but I have huge doubts. I think it's a terrible move for Spurs. Uh, but, you know, whether they make good signings or not is not, I don't think that's down to the manager. They could still make those signings anyway. Do you, have you seen anything that makes you think he'll make a success of it here or? Nope. No? No. But is Short that relevant to Sunday's that. game or? Sorry? Is that is that relevant to Sunday's game or is it not nope. relevant because it's Pep against Exactly. Chosen? It's the derby on Sunday for me because of those two managers. Is so Any parking the bus then? I think he will do. I don't think that he... There's absolutely zero chance that Jose Mourinho opens up against Manchester City and Guardiola. It's never going to happen. Do you know what I mean? It'll be... Is that bad news for City then? Because it is where... Yeah. When we are at our best is when players, the opposition team, play open football and play in a, into it is a if you, it, it is if you're weak-willed, Howard. But for a guy like me... Don't worry, I'm not playing. So. I'm, I'm ready to... Uh, I'm ready for Jose's boss. I think Guardiola has shown in the last four or five years that Jose's boss means very little to him. Um, so I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. Cool. Right. Well, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything else you want to cover? No, mate. I really, really enjoyed that. I, I didn't. Yeah. I feel as though I didn't talk too much and I didn't say anything too stupid or controversial. So <laughs> I'm happy. Well, let let the listeners be the judge of that. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah, I did have that little Sterling rant at the top. So, yeah, maybe uh, (laughs) upset some people. Yeah, we're not interested in it. Well, my voice survived as well. Uh, Thank you very much, Asam, for coming on the show then. Absolute pleasure, mate. Loved it. Yeah, coming on. It's it's your show. Our show? Yeah. All right, fair enough. I'll take that. Good lad. It's a great way for me to go into the weekend. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, If you don't subscribe, hope you enjoyed what you heard today. Do check it out. The price of a pint every month uh, you get loads more shows we will of course have a review of the Spurs match loads of other sides we're going to think of new shows to do the blog site is totally free lots of content on there two new content today new content yesterday so do check it out thanks for listening and ASAN as always up the blues